Hello, and welcome to episode number 15 of On the Brighter Side. I'm your host, Monica Tanner, and today we're talking about one of my very favorite subjects, failure. So before we get into our topic, I just want to apologize for being late publishing this episode of the podcast. I have been working really hard on some really exciting things that I'm excited to tell you about today. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much to all of my followers and supporters and listeners out there. You guys have been amazing. I this week broke one of the records that I have been super excited to break. And to thank you for that, I am working on my first freebie content for you guys. So if you follow or listen, I just want to let you know that it means so much to me. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. And what I'm working on is a packet on how to implement a screen-free summer. So for those of you who are getting nervous about the summer because you're going to have so much time with your kids at home, I know for me I'm getting really excited because I love having my kids home, but I get really nervous that they're just going to be sitting in front of screens all day and we're going to waste the beautiful weather and all the time that we have to spend together with everybody on their separate screens. So last summer, I did what I called a no screen summer and my kids totally survived it. They still live to tell the story and they actually almost enjoyed it. In fact, I would venture to say that if you asked my kids if they had a great summer last summer, they would all tell you that they did. I wouldn't mention the no screen part, But if you asked them, how was your summer last summer, they would all tell you that they had an absolutely amazing time. And we did no screens. Now, we weren't perfect at it, but we actually did a really good job. And so I am putting all of my ideas and all of the ways that I implemented this last summer into a packet for you. And this packet's going to include scheduling ideas, bucket list items, age-appropriate activities for each kid so that you can have some quiet time even to yourself each day without plugging them into a screen. And then I'll also talk about, for those of you who are like, I don't know if we can go completely screen-free, I'll give you some simple, because we all know that if it's not simple, it's not happening, but some simple programs that you can implement so that you can monitor and have a reasonable amount of screen time where your kids have kind of free choice and they can use tokens or tickets for a reasonable amount of screen time of their choosing. So that's what I've been working on. I'm super excited about it. It literally keeps me up at night. It's like an exhaustive list of things that you can do with your kids this summer. And I'm going to give you the number one tip at the beginning is involve your kids in planning out the summer. So hold a meeting and get all of their ideas of all of the really great things they would like to do this summer and then get to work on making them happen and make a schedule and it will almost seem like it was their idea to do a screen-free summer. So that's the number one tip and trick I'm going to give you. And I wanted to give you a heads up that I'm working on this so that you can kind of start wrapping your brains around it and deciding if it's something you really want to do. But I'm giving myself about two more weeks to work on it, and then it will be available on 
there'll probably be links on my Instagram, my Facebook, On the Brighter Side of Things. You can email me at onthebrightersideoflife at gmail.com. And of course, there'll be a link on my website, onthebrightersideoflife.com. So be looking for that. And again, it's going to be totally free as my thank you to you for following and listening and being so supportive of me in doing this new endeavor. Okay, so let's get into today's topic, which is failure. I have been reading about this and studying this topic for quite a while because I feel like it's a topic that is highly misunderstood. Now, none of us are perfect, so we're all going to fail. I have failed anywhere from small daily failures to big, huge failures. The good news is that none of us are perfect and we're all going to fail. One of my larger failures includes not being able to play college soccer like I always dreamed as a little girl. And some of my smaller failures include things like this morning when my cute little third grader was trying to make her own peanut butter and jelly sandwich and she poured out the entire jar of jam on top of the bread and counter all and it got everywhere. So I blew up at her and asked her what on earth she was thinking and if her brain was working. That probably wasn't the best way to handle it. A better parent would have just looked at her, told her to clean it up, and maybe asked her what she learned from the experience and how she might do it differently next time. So while I didn't handle it in the best way possible and would count that probably as a parenting fail, I think that we have three options after any failure. The first one would be to just lie down and admit defeat. I could just throw my hands up in the air and say, I will never be a very good parent. I am just going to give up and not be a parent anymore, which that would be tragic. Your second option would be to pick myself up, dust myself off, and try again. I could go to... Sophie and say, I'm sorry I didn't handle that very well. Forgive me for blowing up. I'll try to handle that better the next time. Or number three, we could use it as a chance to revise our strategy or change our course altogether. Back in high school, when I realized that I probably wasn't good enough to play soccer for any of the colleges that I wanted to attend, I decided to just revise my strategy and instead of getting in on the merits of soccer, to get in on the merits of my academics, which my grades were good enough to get me into any school I could ever want to attend. So the outcome was the same. I went to my college of choice. I just did it through academics instead of through sports. I merely revised my strategy. One of the most important things I think that we can learn about failing is that failing a task does not make you a failure. We must learn to separate the two. We will fail repeatedly over the course of our life, but that never equates to us being a failure unless we let failure define us. Of course, we could just choose not to ever do anything difficult or not to live our our life's mission or do anything uncomfortable in any way and just to live small because then we could avoid bigger failures. 
my coach Jody Moore likes to teach, if we're not feeling negative emotion 50% of the time, we're not living up to our full potential. So let's talk about that for a minute. If you want to do something, but you don't because you're afraid to fail, get some coaching, study others who have done what you want to do and been successful at it. And here are a few tricks to deal with the type of fear that will keep you stuck and living small. First of all, let's see fear for what it really is. Fear is an emotion, which is merely a vibration in your body. It's typically anxiety over something that hasn't even happened yet. We can keep this fear in check by staying focused on the present. Think about yourself right now. There's nothing scary or painful happening to you right now in this moment. Simply worrying about something bad happening is not going to prevent it from happening. It will, however, keep you from finding a way to prevent it from happening. There's actually no upside to fear. It won't actually change the outcome. Fear is never useful unless it's happening in the present, especially if we have no idea if what we're fearful of will actually even happen. You could choose to just believe that everything's going to be fine, and in most cases, it will. Think about a time when you have been super afraid of something, and you did it anyways. Now, Look back on that experience and try to feel the fear that you were feeling in that moment. It's really hard. It's hard to conjure up the type of fear that keeps you paralyzed that something bad will happen when the scenario has already passed and nothing bad actually happened. If you're going to do something scary, plan for all possible outcomes and then just do it believing that everything is going to be just fine. Another strategy to employ when you are afraid to do something is to take the fear and flip it on its head. So ask yourself, what am I really afraid of? If I want to start a podcast, what am I truly afraid of? Am I afraid that nobody will listen? That the people that do listen will think that I'm not smart? That I don't really know anything? That's possible, but not probable. Now take this scenario and flip it. What if I never start a podcast because I'm afraid of what people will think? Now, what will I think of myself? Because that's really the question, isn't it? People can think whatever they want They're allowed, but I can control how I feel about myself. And if I never take a chance, how will I feel about it in the end? And my last tip for overcoming the kind of fear that keeps us stuck is to find some daily inspiration. Find someone who's doing what you want to do and they're doing it with a positive spin. Find someone who can encourage you and give you daily affirmations every day. Now, if it were up to me, I would say you have to be that person for yourself. Tell yourself what you need to hear, bowie yourself up and get to it. But I know that sometimes it helps to have somebody else in your corner cheering you on, telling you, look, you're smart enough. You have a lot to say. You can absolutely do it and just do it. It also helps to find someone who's doing it, who's a little bit ahead of you in the process and doing it well 
and take your cues from them. See what they're doing, see what's working for them and what's not, and then just model after it. That's my advice to anyone who's not taking action on a dream or an idea because the fear of failure is in their way. I would venture to say that anyone who has really succeeded at anything has failed several times along the way. I would even venture to say that the more successful a person is, the more times they had to fail to get where they are today. Let's think of Thomas Edison, who failed at electricity 10,000 times before he even got it right. Remember what I said about your options after failure. Let's just disregard the give up option and go with you have two options. You either pick yourself up, dust yourself off and try again, or you revise your strategy and that's it. Those are your options. Now let's change tacks for a little bit and talk about the important topic of teaching our children about failure and letting them fail in order to allow them to gain confidence strength, and resilience. When I started talking about doing an episode on failure, one of my dear friends and mentors and listeners contacted me with a book called The Gift of Failure by Jessica Leahy. Thank you so much, Diane Day. You have always been such an inspiration to me on parenting. And so I love that you suggested I read this book. And I did. I read it cover to cover and I loved it. Here are my biggest takeaways on teaching our children about failure. Most of us as parents have a really hard time letting our kids fail or not do as well as we think they could be, especially once they get to high school. This story from the book, The Gift of Failure, illustrates this very well. At a conference of independent school guidance counselors, one of the counselors asked for help getting one of her advisees to understand the reasoning behind a failing grade he'd received for a plagiarized science term paper. The student was angry with the teacher and with his counselor and viewed the failing grade as an unfair punishment that put his scholarship at risk. His parents were furious and had threatened to sue the school over the situation. I just don't understand this mentality, she told the room. Everyone is blaming me, his teacher, and the school, and no one seems to be talking about the fact that he chose to cheat. No one seems to care that this is a lesson the student needs to learn. This kid wants to be a scientist. Just imagine if he plagiarized a scientific paper in 10 years in the professional world. It would mean the end of his career. Isn't it better that he learn about the consequences of plagiarism in high school rather than later? She was absolutely right. If we fail to teach our kids these lessons now, they'll be more likely to make the same mistakes again. In adulthood, the consequences are much more dire than a failing grade or an afternoon of detention. Let's try to remember that the next time we want to step in and save our kids from some difficult lesson they need to learn. One high school teacher stated, when parents step in to defend a child's poor choice or mistake or failure in order to avoid the consequences of that action or performance, they tend to lose sight of the fact that if the student does not have the experience of making mistakes, and living and learning with the consequence of that mistake or failure, college may be a very difficult experience thousands of miles away from the security of mom and dad when he eventually has to deal with the experience on his own. Mistakes
mistakes are opportunities to grow. Failures or unsuccessful attempts are the same, and students need to live through those experiences to develop a toolbox of coping mechanisms to lift and move them forward. I also love this passage from the author Jessica Leahy when she says, It may seem harmless to step in, but the damage is cumulative. Every time you take over and rescue your child from working out a challenging math problem or thesis statement on her own, you undermine the child's sense of confidence and autonomy. Completing the task herself is its own incentive, a reward infinitely more important than grades or test scores. Think long-term goals. When tonight's stressful homework assignment has been forgotten, she may not even remember that poster or the specific math problem that tripped her up or the thesis statement she could not get just right. What she will retain, however, are the long-term benefits she gains when she unravels that math problem on her own or guts the science experiment out until she reaches a conclusion all on her own. She may also feel disappointed in her efforts or abilities or embarrassed the next day when she faces her teacher and her class with an incorrect answer, but those are her lessons to learn. Your job is not to save her from disappointment or embarrassment, but to sympathize, support, and help her find the strength and skills she will need for tomorrow night's assignment. I just love those thoughts. And like my very first episode on growth mindset, we as parents need to teach our children growth mindset by saying things like, I understand that getting that wrong didn't feel good, but won't it feel great when you figure out how to do it right? This is just an opportunity to change your strategy or just an opportunity to try something different. Now you know what doesn't work. Wouldn't you like to find out what does? Here's the bottom line. I know it's hard to sit back and watch your precious little ones experience the pain of failure when you're perfectly capable of stepping in and saving them from all of that pain and disappointment. But consider the long-term cumulative effects. What we really want for them is the happiness that grows from self-confidence, strength, and resilience. I'd love to hear them say and say myself, I failed my way to success. Give your children the chance to stand up one more time than they fell down. That, my friends, is the underpinnings of great character. We can do this. I know we can. That's all I have for you today. But have a wonderful Mother's Day, my friends, and live your life this week on the brighter side. And next week, we have the best treat in store. You guys are not going to believe this, but I have an amazing guest for you next week. His name is Russell Brunson, and he's going to be talking to us about his failures that led to his successes. And nobody drives the point home better than Russell Brunson. I guarantee you're going to absolutely love that episode. So make sure you tune in next week for On the Brighter Side. Thanks so much and have a great week.